0: Hey, Dr. Mike here. If you want to live forever-ish, you have to know what's in and what's not. Stay tuned to find out. You're listening to Live Forever-ish, a show dedicated to helping you live just a little longer. Here's your hosts, Dr. Mike and Dr. Crystal Gossard. All right, welcome to Live Forever-ish. This is one of our favorite shows, what's in and what's out for living forever-ish, which of course means just living longer, stronger, more vibrant, Lives, right, Doctor Crystal. Anything else you want to throw in there for the ish part?
1: No, I think you covered it.
0: Yeah, you know, like we always say, is you know, I I don't, you know, I don't want to retire and then die ten years later. I'd like to retire and live a little longer, and through those longer years, do more and play golf and go travel. Right, that's living forever ish.
1: That's right. That's what it's about. It's about the quality of life in your. Mature yeah. years.
0: In your mature years. All right. So today we're going to talk about three ins and one out. The ins are what you want to do or that you want to have or that you want to strive for. The outs are what you don't want, and want to avoid or, you know, whatever that is. So in number one, love this topic, sleep.
1: Yes. <laughs> the ah, underrated I like it component <laughs> yes. to health, right? Yeah. So
0: important, right?
1: People know it's important, but they just won't. They won't do it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, because you can't. There's a problem today. Let me let me see what you think about this, Doctor Kurla. We, you know, on one hand, we're asked to be very busy, very motivated. We're asked to give a lot to our jobs, kids, family. Da 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 da. But at the same time, now we're telling people, "Well, you got to sleep longer." I mean, it's like it's like it doesn't make it doesn't connect right, and so people do the other stuff the living the life stuff really hard and they kind of ignore the sleep part because you can't you know it's hard to do
1: both right my dad says his saying is you can't burn the candle at both ends of the stick you just can't do it
0: and but Um, but we try and try and try
1: we do but now you have uh the american heart association has officially added sleep as the oh, eighth key component for optimized cardiovascular health. And so it's a big deal, This in this just happened. Um, originally, the, 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 the risk factors was called life's simple seven. Um, mm-hmm. It was kind of a presidential advisory to define ideal cardiovascular health based on risk factors. And sleep wasn't a part of that original seven.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Listen, it takes a long time to change these types of guidelines and stuff. You know that. And the fact that they finally did. That's actually pretty big for the American Heart Association to add in another key component. It's it's a pretty big deal.
1: Yes. And I think that obviously people listen to their message and follow their guidelines, especially practitioners. So hopefully what I I hope this will move the needle in the direction where more doctors will start encouraging sleep and maybe even, you know, encouraging their patients to get tested for sleep apnea and and really focusing in on sleep as a component to overall health, but specifically cardiovascular health.
0: Yeah, there was a there was an observational study that just came out recently, showing it was from uh, China, showing that sometimes when people really need to nap too much, like if you're so tired throughout the day that you got to nap and nap and nap, that that could be linked to cardiovascular disease and stroke.
1: Yeah, I saw something. Uh, it was a headline, so maybe that's what you're talking about. Like too too many naps throughout. the Yeah, too the many day. naps
0: could be a sign that there's something something going on, right? And right. they linked it to cardiovascular and cerebrovascular health. So I it, all of this makes sense to us. We know, I mean, I still think we say seven to eight or seven to nine hours, I think is kind of where most doctors recommend now, right?
1: Yes, that is uh that and that's a part of the the guidelines that the American Heart Association uh provided were the, the actual hours, um, the number of hours that most adults would need, which is seven to nine. Um, per night, uh, I do like that they also included children. So children require more. So your your child needs to go to bed before you. <laughs> yeah. Ten to sixteen for the- hours for ages Whoa. five and younger. Yeah. Now that that sense. includes naps. So I know a lot of parents that are taking the naps out of the kids' schedule. Get make that kid take a nap.
0: Yeah, yeah I, a I agree. Free with time
1: for yourself.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah, because that one study that we just talked about it was taking a nap here and there is can, can be very beneficial for you. The, their point was that there are some people that are doing it so much because they're not getting good sleep at night right like there's there's a difference there, right? Mm-hmm. so keep keep that in mind. napping can actually uh, be very very beneficial. We've talked about sleep you know so many times. I think but it's always helpful to use this moment to talk about sleep hygiene, yeah. You know, you know, just simple things. We've said it, go to bed and wake up at the same time as best you can every day. Yep.
1: Have a right?
0: routine. Have, have mm-hmm. a routine. Um, cut out the the harsh lights or, you know, get some dimmers that kind of come down as the, as the sun comes down in your house. Right. Um, yeah, get those
1: timers. Remember, I, I got that. Remember,
0: remember I did that for Christmas gifts last year. Yeah, <laughs> I sent some friends of mine who have sleep issues. I sent them these dimmers that follow, you know, you, 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 you know, based on where you live, you, you you know east coast whatever and it goes by the sun and the dimmers bring the lights down inside as well yeah
1: well that's nice yeah
0: cold sleep cold right that was kind of a yep.
1: turn off the get rid of the blue light from your tablets your get phones, rid of the blue lights maybe.
0: um don't you know move your alarm clock so you don't see the time like staring right at you know, like eh, it's now two o'clock in the morning and you're still yep. not sleeping you know that kind of stuff all right so that's good sleep hygiene um uh, 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 tips for you there. And and yeah, so in number one, sleep, love it. Makes sense to me. I'm glad to see the American Heart Association um, actually add it to their list. All right, let's go into uh, in number two, which is interesting. Vitamin D for pain. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah. So there's a, a study that, um, that prompted us to use this as an N and i do believe maybe we can take this information and apply it broadly Um, unfortunately the study was looking at individuals with um in stage cancer so more of the palliative uh vitamin d supplementation but you know well-designed study double-blind randomized placebo-controlled multi-center trial And, and so there were 244 advanced cancer patients, all vitamin D deficient. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so they were given either high dose vitamin D at the dose of, uh, 4,000 IUs per day or placebo for 12 weeks. And they measured the amount of the opioids that needed to be administered to those individuals, who received the vitamin D or those who did not and those taking vitamin D had significantly lower increases in opioids during the study which indicates a reduced uh need for pain relief
0: yeah you know, advanced advanced stage cancers um you, you can almost predict the increase in need of opioids in in these patients over time right you can almost predict that every couple of days you're going to increase dose You're going to increase dosage. Like there's this consistent pattern, but here you're saying vitamin D dampened that. It slowed that that increase down, which is which is pretty significant in this these advanced cancer patients, right? That's that's really nice to see. Uh, It's funny how they think 4,000 units is high dose.
1: I know, I know that (laughs) there might.
0: I don't. I mean, see, and I and I do wish again. So this, but this is important. I think when you're looking at, especially in supplementation. Um, and, and vitamin D is a great example of that. What I would like for them to do and, and, and to set the studies up to measure is, is, yeah, get them on a dose, but then reach a certain blood level mm-hmm. and then start measuring effect. Because I, I guarantee you, there are some advanced cancer patients here that were on the 4,000 units that maybe didn't respond to that very well. And they maybe dampen the results some.
1: Potentially. Yes. yes. So, you know, but I think it's it's something to consider, um, especially for anyone who's dealing with chronic pain. Um, and, and when you look at the type of pain that cancer patients are dealing with, yeah, there, there is, the chronic pain is different than, than the acute pain, kind of yeah. what's happening right. in the body. Um, so I would say if if you are dealing with chronic pain, Optimize your vitamin D. To me, that's sure. the, the takeaway message. Yeah. Uh, we know that it's reducing the release of, of pro-inflammatory mediators in the body, um, and so hey, give it a try.
0: Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say I don't care what you're going through in life. We all should optimize vitamin D levels. <laughs> I mean okay. I mean imagine those that that have optimal levels and then unfortunately get something like cancer and whatever they're most likely going to do a little better than those that aren't optimized right so why not why not just keep keep it optimized vitamin D is so important we've talked about this a so lot let's all optimize right now where we're healthy and let's keep it optimized
1: keep it optimized make sure you're testing ask your doctor to test your vitamin D
0: in number 3 now this. Now some people may read this and go, wait. End number one was sleep. End number three is coffee. Yeah, keep me up.
1: <laughs> this study that we're that we're talking about is hot off the press, Doctor Mike.
0: Yeah, I got it here, May two thousand and twenty-two, right?
1: Yes, light to moderate uh, coffee drinking, which equates to about a half cup to three cups per day.
0: That's actually a pretty big range. <laughs> that's, that's, a pretty big, yes. that's actually okay,
1: yeah. So so I
0: guess there's, so moderate coffee is up, like if you're drinking three cups, because most people still drink most of their coffee in the morning, right? I think that's fair to say. Yes. Yeah. So two to three cups is probably considered moderate in the morning. Over three is probably heavy. Where does espresso shots fall into this?
1: I don't know, Dr. Mike. they <laughs> you know, way, that's what I do. Just- study. I do my Um, espresso shots. Shots? Plural? How many do you do, Dr. I do two
0: shots every morning.
1: Wow. So that's probably getting close to what, 200 milligrams of caffeine? Do you know? I love it. About 90 a shot, give or take. Um, So I think that would put you in the...
0: I'm I'm in the upper moderate high consumption.
1: Upper moderate to high consumption. So I would say maybe have a shot, wait a couple hours. Let that caffeine metabolize a little bit and have it. I'm
0: sorry, Dr. Crystal. I'm not asking for advice how to change my (laughs) coffee drinking. Ooh, shut
1: down. (laughs) I'm sorry. Did I ask that? (laughs) Look, I'm trying to help you to live forever-ish.
0: Ish. All right. Tell us about this study.
1: Yeah. So um, the aim of the study was to um, look at the association between daily coffee consumption with all cause and cardiovascular mortality, as well as major cardiovascular outcomes. Um, It is to date the largest observational study showing that drinking coffee is associated with a reduced risk of all cause mortality. Um, For this study went on for 11 years, the researchers Mm. tracked data from over 400,000 individuals who did not have heart disease at the start. And so now they're tracking, you know, if they develop heart disease, did they unfortunately succumb to that heart disease? What were the outcomes? And uh, the researchers saw if you were in that moderate range, 12% 12% lower risk of all-cause mortality, 17% lower risk of dying from cardiovascular disease, as well as 21% reduction in the incidence of stroke.
0: Yeah, well, that's big. And those numbers are big. You know, some people, when I think when they hear these, like someone hears 12% lower risk of all-cause mortality, like 12% to the average listener may be like, well, that doesn't seem in mean, I mean, I guess that's okay. It's actually pretty big statistically when you think about it, right? Because- People in this study for this many years are, are prob- many of them probably have many risk factors, you know, for for heart disease. You know, it's multifactorial, um, and they're doing their best to f- to just simply look at coffee's impact within that. But you got people who are smoking in here. You have people with diabetes, maybe within this group. I don't know what if they eliminated some of that stuff, but often in these survey studies they don't. And so a twelve percent drop, just at looking at coffee drinkers. When you put all those other risk factors that could be out there going on, that's actually huge.
1: I agree, Dr. Mike. And and it's something that we all enjoy. So I think that the takeaway message is drink up. You know, if someone's telling you don't have your coffee, just say, uh uh. Have some coffee. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's great. Now, how much do you drink in the morning?
1: I drink about two cups or a cup and a half. I mean, and my cup is pretty big. I have, um, see what most people don't understand. That's a uh, big a, cup, a typical coffee cup. That's a big cup. So if you fill it all the way up, that's, that's two. about two cups already. Yeah. yeah. So if you're drinking a couple of these, then,
0: um, yeah, that's yeah, actually you- important. You know, you have to know that. Yeah. So I'm not, and I'm assuming in this study, they probably, well, maybe they did or didn't. I don't know factor in cup size like what what your mug versus cup right so that can right. also impact the results a little bit but that's great so you have two um yeah I, I said, i'm a big coffee fan um no know, know your limitations right you know i know for a fact i cannot drink coffee in the afternoon because it does affect me at night like i know oh, I that know. about myself mm-hmm. so i know i my coffee drinking is all between like six and seven in the morning
1: Yeah. And you know, that's all genetics, Dr. Mike, my 20, my 23 and me told me that I'm a slow metabolizer for coffee. So I, I'm the same way. I can't have it after, you know, one o'clock or so, or I'll be up because my body is just not, not really breaking it down as quickly.
0: So that's coffee in number three. Let's talk about out here. Um, and it, it but in, in but what's funny about this out is we could flip it to be an in right but the out right. itself is cancer
1: mm-hmm. and it
0: says here that greater vitamin c intake is linked with lower cancer risk so we could make vitamin c the in
1: <laughs> we could yes <laughs> but <laughs> we we, made, we had too many in so i yeah. needed an out <laughs> But yeah, this is another 2022 uh, paper published in the journal Frontiers in Nutrition. And what's nice about this paper is, I guess we can, we've all heard of the meta-analysis or systematic reviews. And this paper took those systematic reviews and did another review of the reviews. Yeah. So it's, it's called an umbrella. Review and it was just based on the existing systematic reviews, meta analysis, um, and just kind of look at that relationship. They looked at the relationship between vitamin C intake and incidence and outcome of multiple cancers. And in the study, they identified uh, 22 cancer outcomes within over 3,000 articles. And the results, the, the yeah, there yeah. is an association between vitamin C consumption and lower incidence of cancer. And I, yeah. what I thought was nice with this, Dr. Mike, is sometimes with the studies we aren't able, I, we, I always dig. I'm like, what was the dose? What was the dose? Yeah, what was
0: the dosing? Yeah. But that's kind of hard in these things, right?
1: well what they found uh they 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 were able to provide some dosing so minimum uh minimal intake included studies it was approximately about 100 milligrams per day now there were studies some with more statistically significant effects if if you add those in upwards of 500 milligrams per day
0: yeah, well, if they go by that, that a hundred milligrams per day kind of matches the the recommended daily intake, right? So they were probably so a lot of those systematic reviews prior to this were probably looking for studies that at least did the RDA.
1: Well, and they in in the paper they kind of talked about the RDAs and made a point to highlight that the doses are are above the RDA. <laughs> you know when you're looking at yeah incidence of cancer you know it stood out that the dose of vitamin c now just to clarify and and i tried to find this information they weren't able to kind of pull out what was from food and what was through yeah that's
0: yeah because that's also tough in these kind of i mean to do that it's a very you'd have to do a strict survey i mean dietitians have to follow everything that they would be eating and consuming. But if you're looking at hundred milligrams a day to 500 milligrams a day, I mean, I, I still think overall that's a low range for vitamin C daily. Um, 500 is probably getting closer maybe to an optimal range. So imagine if we, if we, cause there, I know there are studies that look like a, at a thousand milligrams a day and the immune benefit you get from that. And so I just think if we imagine if we looked for studies that were a little bit higher, you might even see better results.
1: Yes, potentially. So, uh, Vitamin C, another reason to add it in.
0: Yeah, that's great. Hey, there's three ins and an out, or it could have been four ins, <laughs> however how you want to look at it, right? Three ins and an out. So we had for our in number one, sleep. In number two was vitamin D and pain. In number three was coffee, coffee, coffee. Yeah, and then and then out or in number four was cancer or. Greater vitamin C intake is good. All <laughs> right. You of want to say that, right? Uh, that's awesome. Great, great information today, Dr. Crystal. Thank you for joining us today, everyone that's listening. Don't forget you can go to liveforeverish.com. And right there, you can download a whole bunch of other podcasts. We love it when you do that. We also like it when you um, let us know and like and comment and share, and of course, subscribe so you never miss when we post a show. That's liveforeverish.com. I'm Dr. Mike.